1: Requires high-speed internet. Connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on Direct TV. Terms and restrictions apply.
2: Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm just doing a solo pod today, just to make sure that we get three shows out this week. We've got New Year's Eve, Thursday, New Year's Day, Friday. So we're going to do kind of a combo Wednesday, Friday pod tomorrow, but I thought that we would get you three shows out this week. So I was going to answer as many questions as I can. Of course, you guys always deliver when it comes to the questions. Be sure to also ask questions in the chat. If you're watching live on YouTube, be sure to ask questions because I'll be looking at them. And thanks for subscribing. And if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel yet, just go to YouTube, search down to Dunk, and hit that subscribe button. We would appreciate that very much. Let's go to the Twitter questions. First question comes from at Brian Nix, my neighbor growing up, Brian Nix. Our starting lineup is TGTT, too good to tank. If they just trade one of Horford or Hill, does that make us just bad enough to tank? You know, I think that it probably does because what's really working for the starting lineup is just the fact that they are all kind of glued together in a way. And a part of that glue, certainly a huge part of that glue is Al Horford and George Hill, because they're just two pros out there with the three young guys, Shea, Basley and Dort. And they just do the right thing almost every time they're, Taking the right kinds of shots, they're making the right kinds of passes. Horford is setting great screens. Horford is spacing for the team. George Hill is spacing for the team. It they've been outstanding. Now, if you just Horford's going to be the tough one to deal because if you just take a look around the league, there's not a lot of landing spots that makes make sense. And the landing spots, his ultimate landing spot may not make total sense. I would have never ever picked the Pelicans to be a team to trade for Steven Adams. I would have never thought that would be a thing, Uh, but it was. And I I think Steven is doing really great stuff uh, with Brandon Ingram, and we actually get to see that this week uh, against the Thunder. But, man, George Hill is a great spacer. He's a really good passer. He was ferocious last night. We obviously are going to talk about Lou Dort and how good he was last night. But George Hill was fighting for the basketball over and over and over again and hitting shots. I mean, he's shooting 50% from three on a very hit on four of eight from three on the season. So uh, obviously this is all small sample size theater, but he's been super good for the thunder and he's their, their guy, like their designated free throw shooter. And he, he serves some pretty big purposes out there. And if you just trade him, Then who are we talking about sliding in place of him? Do you move Dort over and throw in Hami? you throw in Kenrich Williams? I don't think you throw in Maladon, but maybe you do. Uh, The choices aren't great. Do you, I mean, then you're talking about digging in deep to the bench. Do you play Justin Jackson? (laughs) I don't know. Do you, I don't know. Does Darius Miller play? I don't know. We're talking, I mean, it'd be a different team. It'd be quite a different team because the downgrade from George Hill to a Diallo or to a Kendrick Williams is pretty significant. So I do think that that, even if it's just that one, well, would really help. Obviously, you would. if you really want to tank, you want to trade both. You want to get them both out of here. But I I do think that just getting George Hill out of here would change things. Enough because the starting lineup is is really good. I was talking with Royce Young about this at the game last night. The starting lineup is really good, but the bench is so bad, and that is going to help them lose games like that. If they just had one more guy, I mean, just one more, the caliber of, like, a George Hill, maybe if it was even just that Trevor Ariza is here and he's playing, he could be that one more guy. They win that game. (laughs) When they, they blow out, the Hornets and they win against Utah last night. They just need that one more guy. But the fact that you're playing all these kind of hodgepodge guys off the bench, it really does uh, help this team kind of get to where they want to go. And you know, the team, I guess the team, the franchise, the front office, it helps them get to where they want to go. The team itself and the coaching staff, the players, they want to win. It is clear I mean, that team is playing incredibly hard. Incredibly hard. Uh, this is from Sticky Wizard Zero Zero. A few weeks back, I submitted a question about SGA being too good to tank. You said not to worry. So, my question is what's the second biggest lie you've told? <laughs> uh, SGA has been good. He's been really good. Um, in two games, Uh, He has averaged 23.5 points, 8 assists, 5 boards, shooting uh, 53% from 2, 15% from 3. You think he's 2 of 13 from 3. So, obviously not a great start shooting the 3 ball, but he's played really, really well. And I still don't think that... I, I do think that Hill and Horford are really propping up this team right now. And they're playing super hard. And I just don't, I don't know how sustainable really any of that is. And I, st- and I would still stand by my statement that uh, SGA on his own is not too good to tank. Uh, at Benelph and King wants to know, are there any fan bases panicking already? I think like the number one panic fan base is probably the Wizards. They're Owen three. They brought in Russell Westbrook. They're very excited and then things just are not are not going well for them, and they're losing. And the, their fourth quarters have been atrocious. And there's there's some bright spots like Denny Avdia looks pretty good, and Bradley Beal obviously is great. And that, and Bradley Beal is really the the center of the worry, right? Because Brad Beal could leave. He could ask out. And there would be tons of people lining up to trade for him. There may be more teams lining up to trade for Beal than there would be for Harden, just because of the off the court stuff and the age factor as well. So Bradley Beal really holds all the cards for this team. And if they have, if they start, and I think Fred Katz said this on the Athletic NBA show, which you should listen to. It came out this morning. I produced it. He said, like, if they start seven and fifteen, then you start to worry because this team does not have a, a super long shelf life outside of Bradley Beal. So that, so there's a definitely some panic there. Uh, where else could there be? I mean, Houston is another one where they're 0-2. They want to keep James Harden. They've been super terrible. Uh, Golden State, full-time panic mode. They're right now in in two games. <laughs> Their opponent's points per game, 130. 130, it's the worst in the league, they've been super terrible, turns out Kelly Oubre, not close to Klay Thompson, not even close at all, so to me, those are probably teams that are panicking, other than that, like the Lakers 2-2, meh, you know, they'll be fine, the Clippers losing by 50, Paul George doesn't think it's a big deal, of course he doesn't, Paul George doesn't think anything's a big deal. Just the way that Paul George functions. Oh, let's go over to the chat real quick. Greetings from Germany. Wow. The Flukey. Thanks for joining. Paul Ang from the Philippines. Thank you so much. Darius Stan from Oklahoma. Thank you for joining. We've got Penny joining. What's up, Penny? Uh, Really great. From Norway. Greetings from Norway. My goodness. Uh, Lars Ea. Wow. Uh, Thanks so much for joining in the chat and on YouTube. Hello from Brazil. Wow. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Uh, Let's see. Uh, James Anderson at 405Fan wants me to rank these teams currently. There's a lot of teams there, James. Uh, OKC, Charlotte, Chicago, Golden State, Detroit, Washington, Memphis, and the Knicks. This is just a... You're trying to get in my head here, James. Trying to get in my head here. I think OKC, as constructed, is probably better than all those teams. Uh, especially with John Morant going down in Memphis, because the Knicks stink. Uh, Wash, actually, I put I would still probably put Washington above OKC. I think they have a higher ceiling, and they are going to maybe even add pieces as they go. So I'll say I'll say Washington even currently. I'll say Washington over OKC. Charlotte stinks. I know they beat the Nets. Cool. Don't believe it. Uh, Chicago stinks. Golden State stinks. Detroit stinks. So, yeah, they have a ways to go. Now, if they do trade Horford and Hill, then we're talking a different conversation. But, yeah, OKC is probably better than all those teams, but maybe Washington. But they defend better than Washington. They defend a lot better than Washington. (laughs) So maybe that's that's a problem. Uh, Jacob from Slovenia. Wow. Morgan from Georgia. Evan McDonald from Portland, Oregon. Up there with my guy Al Baby Cakes. Okay, let's go back to Twitter. Uh, this is from Abangelo. Could Lou Dort win Defensive Player of the Year one year? I think the answer is yes. He, he definitely could win it uh, in a season, especially if the Thunder can get back to contention in the next four years or so because it's unlikely that you can win Defensive Player of the Year on a team that's not like a top-five team in the NBA. Now, if the Thunder could climb back up there and become a top-five team in the NBA, let's say they get a nice draft pick in 21 and 22, they're able to put together some trades, and you're suddenly just this great team. And Lou Dort, I mean, Lou Dort locked up Donovan Mitchell for 42 minutes of that game, completely locked him up. He was incredible. And there was a lot of possessions where Donovan Mitchell was passing out didn't want anything to do with Lou Dort. Now when it came time to win, Donovan Mitchell, he stood up and he he took that mantle, which is great. It's good. That's what you should do. But could he win it one day? I think it's certainly possible. I also think that like all defensive team, all defensive second team is a possibility for him this year. He's just competing at a super high level and he is he is one of he's a really interesting personality. Uh, I don't think he's terribly dissimilar to like a Kawhi Leonard when it comes to personality. And in that, he is quiet and he likes to lead by example and he likes to lead by with the energy that he plays with. Now, hopefully he doesn't. Hopefully he does. Actually, I just take it all back. Hopefully he becomes (laughs) the level player that Kawhi Leonard is. I don't think that's going to happen. But man, he really did some surprising stuff last night really did this. I mean, his 26 points, which is a career high, which I mean, I, I kind of don't like how you separate the playoffs in the regular season. Cause it's really not a career high. The dude scored 30, but when it comes to how the NBA does all this stuff, yes, career high, 26 points. Uh, and he shot the ball with confidence. And that's the thing with him is that he continues to remain confident, which will be the number one factor for him on the offensive end is if he can keep his confidence, because he will have nights where he goes 0 of 7. He's already had an 0 of 6 night in the preseason. He's going to have bad nights. It's just the way his shot is just, it's, it's going to have a lot of variance to it. And so that will continue to go. But if his confidence doesn't wane, he could be a really special player. A really special player. And the Thunder have him locked up on what's a ridiculous contract. Uh, at Hun OKC fan, greetings from Hungary. Wow, we got people just all over the world. This is amazing. What do you guys think? What was the worst or best record for the Thunder to have a legitimate shot at the one, first pick in the draft next year? Thanks. Well, th- this is where the flattened lottery odds really screw with everything because the Thunder don't have to be Knicks bad, they don't have to be. Detroit bad. They can be... They can have the 7th or 8th worst record in the league and still get the number one pick because the worst record in the league only has a 14% chance of getting it. 14%. This isn't great. It's better. It's the best you can get. And I think the Thunder would eventually like to have a 14% chance and have a better chance than anybody. But these flattened lottery odds have definitely screwed with everything. And so... They don't have to be eighteen wins bad. I don't think this team is eighteen wins bad right now. Anyways, but they could be. They could win twenty eight games, thirty games, and still obviously still have a shot at it. But I still think at the end of the day, they would like to be bottom three, bottom five, in order to to get where they want to go. But there's there's some work to be done to get there. Uh, this is from at p underscore artham. Does it look like Maladon took a step back since those preseason games? So here's the deal with these rookies and these young guys, and scouting scouting departments are, have gotten really good in the NBA, but they didn't know anything about Teo. They didn't know anything about uh, Poku, and both those guys look like they've taken a step back, but. The truth is, one, they just played a really good team in the Utah Jazz last night who really know how to use their length and athleticism uh, versus playing the Spurs, who are not a great team, or the Bulls, who are not a great team. And so young guys with inexperience are going to look like that against bad teams. Now, good teams, they're going to struggle because, one, Maladon and Pokushevsky have not played against this level of competition in their whole life. And to adjust to that is going to take some time. So I wouldn't say that they've taken a step back. I would say that the one the team they played took a step up, and then also there's there's probably some scouts watching tape of this Thunder team, saying, okay, here's the tendencies of Tail Maladon, here's the tendencies of Pokushevsky. here's what you guys have to do to just completely lock them up. And then it's going to be on those two to figure out what they can do on the court when NBA defenses are on them. And now they were playing an elite NBA defense last night in the Utah Jazz. So I wouldn't I – honestly, we, the sample size is so low with both those guys that we just – we need to see more. Right? We need to see 20, 30 games before we can really say much about them for this season. And then guys improve. Cam Reddish has improved for the Hawks. He looked like garbage at the beginning of his rookie season. He's looked better. Uh, And a related question at underscore CL 12 underscore realistic ceiling for Tao. I see a very competent backup, but not a starter based on his lack of athleticism. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a good assessment. I think it's a really good assessment of, of what Tao is for this Thunder team. Uh, I think that he will be a good backup. Now, it's, it's really, it's going to depend on his shooting, but I, I think there's, there's some potential in there too, but yeah, he doesn't have that burst of speed that makes you think, Oh, okay. There's a lot more in there. I do think there's a lot more in there than what he's shown and it's going to come from decision-making and craftiness and things like that at medicine clam. Do you think Presty has a direct talk with these guy with these vets spelling out the idea that they will likely be traded or is it more of an understood thing? Sam is talking to these guys. He talked to Chris Paul. He talked to Paul George and Russell Westbrook. He's he's different. He's handling things differently than most franchises would. And that he is... This is an open dialogue, especially with veterans. And, it, you know, George Hill and Al Horford don't have necessarily what, like... Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, and Paul George had when it comes to stardom, but like those are important veterans in this league. They've been around a long time. They know everybody, and it's important to the Oklahoma City Thunder franchise to treat them with respect. And I'd also say, when it comes to like partnering in a trade, when does it actually hurt the Thunder? You you talk about well, maybe it limits your options. Man, the Thunder—it didn't really matter. The Paul George and Russell Westbrook trades look better every single day. The more Houston loses, the better that trade looks for OKC with the Russell Westbrook trade. The Paul George trade is obviously outstanding. You look at what Shea's doing out there on the court now. I mean, you got that plus all the picks. It's unbelievable. I mean, if you just—I mean, if the Thunder just wound up with Shea Gillis Alexander and that's it, you would have said, "Wow, great trade, great job." Uh, but they got a ton more. So I do believe that he talks directly to the players. I do believe that they work hand-in-hand on stuff. I don't know that he'll work necessarily hand-in-hand with Horford and Hill, but I think that he will be communicating with them on what's happening and will say, hey, do you want to go to Sacramento? And if they say no, then there's a chance that maybe they don't do the deal. And I know that some people may think that that's bad, but again, when does it hurt the Thunder? Like name a time that it's hurt the Thunder. And I'm not saying that I think that he did that with necessarily like Kelly O'Bray and guys like that. And maybe he did. I don't know. But with these guys, I do think that there is direct communication with them at Dan Mayan says thoughts on Poku after two games. Poku's got a long way to go. He's got a lot of development to do and he remains confident and he's trying and he needs to be able to pick his spots, but There's still a ton of potential in there, and really it's just there's just we haven't had enough of a sample to really know what he's gonna be. But I still think that that there's still all the same potential that we thought he had at the draft is still there. At panicked Waddle wants to know how high is Baisley's ceiling now? Could he be the third best player on a future title contender? It's not impossible that he becomes the third best player on a title contender. He's been really good for OKC so far this season. Uh, In two games, he's averaged 12 points, 10.5 boards, block and a half. That block that he had on Mitchell last night. Oh, boy. That was really something. Uh, His three ball, He's let's see, shot this season from three. He is three of nine from three on the season, so clearly nothing to panic or even analyze at all. Nine shots is not enough shots to really look at whatsoever. But he's, he's looked different. He's looked a lot different. He's shooting pretty much any shot he wants with confidence. He went right at Gobert and into his chest, finished over him last night. That was really something. Uh, he's he's hitting his. He's only taken two free throws, so I can't even say he's hitting his free throws. He needs to get to the free throw line more. Definitely, only one of two in two games. He's gotta he's gotta increase that significantly. Uh, but really, one of the other things that I think is, that makes him different this year, he's got two fouls in two games, and he's played sixty six minutes. <laughs> That's that's impressive and he's playing good defense and he's going for blocks and he's trying a lot of things. And to me that's those are all really good signs. Now, you can take all of that and project it out, but that's not not every NBA player progresses linearly, but if we if you think that he could, then yeah, absolutely. I mean, he handles, he shoots, he can hit a pull-up mid-range jumper, he can get to the basket. He can really do it all, but he's still got a long way to go to become the third best player on a title contender that it would really just mean to me if, if you could say that today is that the first and second best players are hall of Famers. If that's the case, then sure, absolutely. He can be the third best player on a title contender. But if you're talking just like all-star, like second team, all NBA type of guys, I don't know. I don't know if he can get there. I don't know if he can be that kind of guy. But he's, he has looked improved. He looks like he's taken a jump.
1: This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com
2: Next question is from at Jasper H. Hammer. Obviously, talent is most important, but it seems that Shea, Dort, and Baisley have all bought into playing within an offense in an offense or team basketball. How important is that to start the rebuild? I think it's great. I also just don't think that any of those guys are talented enough to just say, make me the focal point of the offense. And they need an offense to make them better, to get them to their potential. And they're buying in. And when you're young and you're not like the number one pick in the draft or the number five pick in the draft, I mean, all these guys, I mean, Baisley was picked in the 20s, Dort undrafted, Shea picked, you know, late lottery. These are not guys this isn't zion williamson or john morant or anybody like that like these are guys that are not weren't supposed to be stars weren't supposed to be great players and we're talking about dort and Baisley. if you look at the odds of where they were like the odds of dort becoming anything even a bench player are it's like probably less than two percent Baisley becoming a starting level player it's like less than five percent probably so when you're talking about those guys, I just, it really the only thing for them is to function within an offense. And so, yeah, it's good, but it's also expected because none of those guys are good enough to to say, let's play your turn, my turn. None of them are. I mean, Shea is the closest to it, but Shea still needs an offense. I and mean, we, we saw, I mean, at the end of that Utah game, he got to the rim and he just, he, couldn't generate really the shot that he wanted and so and he they really hounded him the the jazz team did uh, i wish he would have thrown it to dort in the corner because dort was, had the hot hand but i also like that he was wanting to take the shot and you know he hits the shot in charlotte and he misses the one against utah i mean that's a great percentage 50 is pretty great but i still don't don't know that shea is on that level where it's like give me the ball I'm the I am I am the offense. they are very, and it's not really an insult to Shea because how many of those guys exist in the NBA? It's not very many. <laughs> it's not as many as you think it would be. Not every team has that kind of guy. And he could he develop into that? Yeah, sure, he could. As of today, he's not there yet. But I do think that pl- playing the way they're playing and. Coach Degnall doing what he's doing. I think it's important. I think that it it is important to start the rebuild, certainly. But we also have to kind of be aware of who these guys are. I am Kev Kev Bot wants to know about a trade. Who says no? Oh my goodness, what do we have here? Oh, he's got two two pictures here. Um it's a three team trade with the Thunder acquiring Julius Randle, Dennis Smith Jr., Kevin Knox, and a first-round pick from Dallas in 2021. Um, That's kind of gross. The Knicks get James Harden and P.J. Tucker, and then the Rockets receive Trevor Ariza, Al Horford, George Hill, and then a boatload of first-round picks from the Knicks. I just don't know. I mean, maybe it's, I mean, it is the Knicks. I mean, they're 2021 first rounder from the Clippers. 2021 Knicks pick, 2023 Knicks pick, 2025 Knicks pick, and then 2023 Dallas pick from round one from the Porzingis trade. Uh, that, like, what else do you have on that Knicks team? I just don't know. And then for the Thunder julius Randle, dennis smith kevin knox dallas's first round pick in this draft eh, eh. Like, i really don't want anything to do with dennis smith or kevin knox i just don't think either of them are very good uh or would be good for the culture kevin knox is probably fine he's probably neutral uh, dennis smith i just don't want him taking minutes from anybody i don't even i'd rather have maladon really uh randall's another like higher usage big eh, i don't know it doesn't obviously none of that really matters. It doesn't really matter. I mean, you are losing Horford. So maybe throw in Randall, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like maybe the thunder could even do better than that overall. So I'd say no, I would say no. If I'm the thunder for sure. If I'm the rockets. Yeah. I think I'd do that a hundred percent. You get that many first round picks for that many first round Knicks picks. I mean, yeah. I think that's something that you probably need to do. Although they do want a young blue chip type of player and, and that, that player is not in this trade for them. And so they may even say no to that because that's, I mean, they really do. They really do want a young blue chip player. I mean, would you rather have that or Ben Simmons? I think there's definitely an argument that you'd rather have that many picks from the Knicks for sure. But then I think that there's also, just depending on what the front office thinks, you may just rather have Ben Simmons And just hope that the 76ers cough up a little bit more. Maybe they will. Who knows? At lowercase Ryan, are the Nuggets this decade's thunder? Amazing players that will never quite reach a title. And their fans will always wonder, what if? I don't think so. I don't think this Nuggets team is nearly as good as the Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, thunder. I don't think it's close. Uh... I think they're good, though. I think the Nuggets are good. I think Jokic has been balling out. He's on my fantasy team. He's been balling out. So that's great. But, yeah, I don't think that they're like definitely a what-if team. I think they I mean, they probably outperformed what people thought they would last year with beating the Clippers. So I think that, you know, they're trying hard. Small market, trying hard. Denver's not exactly a small market, but you know what I mean. Uh, Keithan... Faber wants to know since I've already convinced myself that OKC will have picks 1 and 5, who are your targets at 5? Oh, holy moly. It's honestly it's just it's too early for that, but what well, we can talk about guys that that we like in the draft. Let me pull up a, a current mock draft and see where people are going. Uh, and then we can certainly discuss it. So Cade, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley kind of seem like the top three guys, at least today. Those guys are unbelievable. You would be pumped and jacked to get any one of those guys. I don't care. I know the Thunder really, they're playing Shea as the point guard. But if you have a chance to get Suggs, who is 6'4", he's not a small guy. And then Cade Cunningham, obviously 6'8" point guard, monster beast, man, then yeah, you you take him. And then Evan Mobley. You talk about positionless basketball. He and Baisley and Dort and Shea. I mean, holy moly. I would be super excited about that. But those are top three. So if they can get the fifth pick, who do we like? You know, these guys with the G League select team, the Jalen Green and Jonathan Kaminga guys are Highly intriguing. And so if if you basically can just sit back and get one of them in this draft, and you can sit back and you can take Kaminga, who's the 6'8 monster, 18-year-old, yeah. Or Jalen Green, who people think very highly of, it's probably one of those guys. Uh then you look back, I mean, I just haven't watched I haven't watched enough of like Duke, I haven't watched Jalen Johnson much. I haven't watched Moses Moody or Scotty Barnes all that much. So I can't tell you whether or not these guys are the are the right ones to take. But as far as heading into this season, I mean the whoever falls to me, Green or Kaminga, are probably the guys that you take just just out of what they provided um before the G League select team. So let's see at Augs Armento wants to know about coach Degnault. My thoughts on Degnault so far. I think he's been great. I feel like I've mentioned that some, so I won't spend a lot of time on that, but yeah, I think he's done a really good job at a yount underscore 15. Duches, Dort, and Baisley all have legitimate shots to win MIP? Probably not. Probably just Shea Uh, at tan Newman ask, who do you see being a better player in three to four years from now? teo or poku uh poku definitely has the higher ceiling teo has the higher floor i would probably go with teo just because i can the path is much much easier for teo Uh, at tanking thunder if lou dort was a free agent today what do you think is a fair contract for him at this point he seems underpaid yeah definitely underpaid maybe three years 24 million How about that? A lot more than he's got now. At Thunder underscore dad. Dort almost broke 30 again. Thoughts? I was surprised. It was very surprising. Almost as surprising as me uh, choosing the ZLT wrap at the Thunder game. They have these boxes when you walk in for the media. You walk in, they take your temperature. Temperature. Uh, they make you use hand sanitizer and then you get to choose your boxed meal. I chose the ZLT, which is a zucchini, uh, lettuce and tomato wrap sandwich. Uh, the reason I chose it, my wife was like, who are you? What is wrong with you? Why did you choose that? Uh, it had, um, it had some really good cheese on it. That's why I chose it. And you know what? It was delightful, but yeah, I was just as surprised that I chose that as I was. that door broke Uh, that he scored 26. It was, that was really pretty crazy Uh, at superhero underscore. Would you rather have kid Cunningham or Imani Bates? I don't know, man. Just give me one of them. I don't care. Uh, At Luke underscore Mansky while it's early, what teams could target Hill and Horford before the deadline? And what would OKC look for in return? OKC is definitely looking for a first round pick in return. I know some people are really getting a little miffed and a little peeved about these first round picks. Why do we need so many first round picks? It's kind of like asking the question, why do you need so much money or why do you want more money? I mean, that's really, it's, it's the same because tra- like, picks are the currency of the NBA. You can use them in a trade. You can use them in the draft. That's how the Thunder will get better. It's the only way they can get better and the whole narrative that you can have too many first round picks is quite possibly the dumbest thing i've ever heard you do have to eventually cash them in and use them in a trade or pick a guy or whatever yeah definitely but to say i've heard i've heard people say it that you can have too many first round picks it's just like saying you can have too much money and certainly there are people that have too much money of course but I don't think that anybody I don't think I would ever say. It. I don't know anybody that would say I just have way too much money where well, that guy has too much money. It's just he's wasting his money. I don't know. It's just it's the currency of the NBA. And if you're a small market and the Thunder are one of the smallest markets, you have to have some kind of advantage. And the advantage that Thunder have right now is that they have more first round picks than anybody in the league. And you know what? It still might not be enough. <laughs> Because the Lakers have an advantage that's much, much bigger than having all the first-round picks. And it's that you live, you have a team in Los Angeles that's storied and won all the titles and has good ownership that's willing to pay a ton of money for everything. And the Thunder do have that with their ownership group, but they, they have Oklahoma City. And so to say they have too many first-round picks could quite possibly be the dumbest thing I've heard. It's just, not, it's just stupid. Of course they want more first-round picks because if, they're, if they get a guy in the next draft, that's good. Let's say they do get, they do get Cade or they do draft Evan Mobley or Jalen Suggs. You're on your way. You get another guy in the next draft, great. Then you have all these picks. You can then trade three or four of those picks and get somebody that's really good to join your team. That's kind of the purpose of this. <laughs> it's not saying that. Oh my gosh, the Thunder are going to choose 18 people in the next seven drafts. You can't obviously, you can't do that, especially when they have kept keepers on their team already. It's it's crazy, but yes, they will be looking for first round picks in return. I think for Hill, I think the Nets make a ton of sense, especially with Dinwiddie going down. He'll have surgery next week. How long will he be out? I don't know. But they could really use George Hill. He makes a ton of sense for them. And then with regards to Horford, I I really don't know exactly who's going to trade for Horford. But they will be asking for some kind of pick compensation for both of them. Uh, at the middle speed, you get one redraft, excluding this year. Who would you have the Thunder pick and why? I mean, I think one of the easier ones in recent memory is... Probably OJ and Obi over Terrence Ferguson because he I mean OG just slides into that Andre Robertson spot. let's say the Andre still gets hurt. you slide in OG. you're probably still as good and then possibly better and I mean that may be enough to push you past the first round with those teams. That's fine. Uh, also probably Jokim Noah uh back when you they took Jeff Green. you could have had Jokim Noah obviously that would have very like having Joe Kim Noah on the Russ KD teams would have been unbelievable. It's probably that one because that could be the difference between a title and no title for OKC. Uh, Whereas like OG is just like a more of a personal vendetta (laughs) Uh, at Lander Kyle. What's the biggest difference between Jalen Suggs and Kate Cunningham as draft prospects. Um, Kate is obviously much bigger than Jalen Suggs. Suggs is more of a, of more of a primary score than Kate is, but Kate can really score though. Um, so I'd say those things, I mean, also the biggest difference for both these guys in college, is that Jalen Suggs plays for like the best team in college and Katie Cunningham plays for a team that's just kind of meh. So that's a big thing. Uh, Suggs is an outrageous passer. I think that Cade's got a little bit of work to do there. And then Kate is just like a commanding leader. Um, I think he's unbelievable. And I think ultimately his, his NBA size and leadership stuff is, is what's going to lead to him probably being the number one pick. It's it's he's, he's really special in that regard at Yammy, How good would KD with the KD era teams be if they had a guy like Dort? Well, they had Andre Robertson mm-hmm. and obviously Andre doesn't do what Dort does in the offensive end, but yeah, he would have helped, but you know, really what would have really helped is not having injuries year after year. At Fnatic underscore OKC, do you think Dort can be a 15 to 13 point per game score in a couple of seasons? It's possible, but probably unlikely. At Keith and Ferber, again, wants to know how many of Hill, Horford, or Rees are still on the roster after the deadline, and how many picks did the Thunder add by then. I would say Horford is still here. The other two are gone. They add two picks. At Tyler K. Field, games this team wins if Horford or Hill are not traded. Uh, 31 games. At Q Seahawk 88. Who should the Thunder send to be on stage for the NBA draft lottery that will give us the best luck? Clearly it's Lou Dort at James Murray 69 is Lou Dort an all-star. Of course he's not at Kyle Panabaker wants to know, is Al baby cakes really anti-tanking reading his tweets and trying to determine if he's being sarcastic or serious against tanking. He's being totally sarcastic at corner Trey three. Is it time to give up on the Warriors first round pick a top 20 protected and begin to root for the Warriors? and Wolves to tank since OKC would receive both their second-round picks. Yes. At, up to ask, I saw somebody post that Dort warms up defensively while everyone else runs shooting drills. Can you elaborate on what you see in the arena? Is he really that much of a psycho? The opposing team has to be watching him practice practicing steals and thinking, oh, no. Uh, I do see him shooting, but... I don't know. I don't know how you warm up on defense. So you're just like running laterally? I don't know. I haven't really seen that. I'll look for it next time. At Raunek underscore junior, do you think Dort could actually average fifteen points per game while playing elite defense? It's only been two games, but I think but he's on a twenty point per game right now. He drove past Gobert with ease the other night and his jump shot mechanics look decent. I think it's unlikely that he averages fifteen points per game. It would be super cool. Uh, maybe he exceeds the expectations, but I think it's unlikely at ponder up. How are you emotionally preparing for Steven Adams return to the peak on Thursday? Feels more like Russ in DC than Russ in Houston on the good for him scale, but still seeing him doing stuff. Steve O does against the thunder is going to tug at the old heartstrings. I agree. It's going to be super weird. Uh, he's doing tons of, I watched the Pelicans, their last Pelicans game and he's doing tons of Steven adams things. He's setting great screens. He's really just doing all the dirty work for him. But yes, it's going to be, you know, a little bit painful to see him in that uniform in OKC. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Uh, going to go to the chat now. Back to the chat. I have been off the chat this whole time. Uh, XG Graphics says Giannis over Adams. Yes, that was a dumb oversight by me. Yes, that is clearly what you would want is having Giannis over Steven Adams because you'd still possibly have Giannis. Um, let's see. Do you think Dort could average 15 points per game? Everybody wants to know that. I think the answer is no. Uh, let's see. Anything else? Uh, 405 fan says that he likes Kaminga. Um, let's see. Sorry, I've completely slowed down. Hi from Greece. Hey, Christos. Thanks for joining again. Would I rather have... Evan Mobley or Jalen Suggs from at MWeb. Uh, that's a great question. I might rather have Evan Mobley just because the ceiling of a guy at his size that can do all those things is just, honestly, it's too intriguing for me to pass up because the, just the thought, and it's unlikely that this would happen. Just the thought of having Poku, Baisley and Mobley as <laughs> your front court it's too intriguing. I'm, I would have to do it. I would just have to have to have to do it. Um, uh, Bezos scored zero points in 19 minutes last year in his first game. He's so much better. They will get much better. Yeah, I agree. He's been, he's been incredible. Uh, let's see. Yeah, that's great. Hello from Philadelphia. Jihad Jasper. Thanks for joining Christian from Colorado Springs. Thanks for joining. You guys are great. Uh, just wonderful getting to chat with you guys today. Thanks for all the questions. Thanks for joining me in the chat. Penny Skillen wants to know, have I had cereal yet today? She's asking the big questions. This will be our final question. Uh, I'd have not eaten cereal today. I'm st- we So Christmas morning here at the Schlecht household, we have... Just the most giant breakfast, including like a delicious egg casserole and bacon, like like we had candy bacon with nuts on it. It was outrageous. Uh, little Smokies wrapped in bacon put into a crock pot with brown sugar just melting on. It's just unbelievable. We've got just all, the, all kinds of cinnamon rolls and stuff like that. So I think we finished off actually the last of the leftovers of that today. So back to the cereal grind tomorrow. Back to the Wednesday pod tomorrow. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And we will talk to you again tomorrow morning.